Would you also like to do the introduction, Kyle? Sure. Today, we have a special guest on the Homespun Yak. <laughs> He's been on the show before, but before he was, before today, he was uh, not a father, and now he is. Congratulations, Mr. Benny Berman, on the podcast today. <laughs> Thank you very much. Glad to be back. And, uh, yeah, we, we wanted to uh, get his perspective on a lot of the stuff going on right now. Not a whole lot to talk about in the news, so I don't know how we're going to fill the time. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, there you go. Uh, yeah, just, just a ton right now, and it's just hard to get a, a grasp on where to even begin. I mean, there's just so many, it seems, catastrophic events happening one after, one after the next in 2020, so I don't know. Nick, what, what, what's been on your mind today? What's been on my mind? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you nothing. Uh, honestly, today or the this week. stuff that we're pr- that we're probably talking about has not been on my mind. However, uh, yeah, I mean, I've had I've had multiple discussions related to mm-hmm. kind of the stuff that we've been talking over the last uh, one or two episodes. You know about Ahmad Arbery and then uh, the George Floyd situation and then now the protests and. It's just been it's been a it's been a crazy year, but especially over the last few weeks uh, with the protests and the rioting and and the police brutality, it's been it's been illuminating in many many respects. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely curious what what Benny thinks about. Well, let's I don't know. Let's start with uh, let's start with the protests. I'd actually be really interested in hearing your take on that, Benny. What do you think? Um, to start off with, I, I mean, I think it's honestly been a beautiful thing of destruction but um ultimately i would say i think it's been wonderful you see a whole bunch of people with uh kind of a common mentality to be able to get out and communicate their grievances with society and i mean it's not like this discussion hasn't been going on for you know five five years at least since uh Ferguson, Missouri, like this isn't a new thing. It's just kind of come to a head. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, yeah, definitely. Like you said, there's been the the tipping point was George Floyd captured on video, and that kind of just erupted the nation into rioting, protesting, uh, rightfully so, on multiple levels. Um, but I think as time's gone gone on, we've we've seen a lot of different messages, and I guess my whole, you know, question or concern could be: Is there one unifying message for all the protests and riots and calls to action, or are there multiple? And one of the big ones that I've seen has been calls across the country to defund the police and. You know, that's definitely a word that is like, that sounds good when you hear it on the radio or in the news, but I just don't know exactly how you define defund. I mean, is it a general definition across the board for every department, or is it dependent upon certain variables within each particular 
precinct in certain cities, states. Um, because I know last week we talked about kind of what things, you know, what our take on just the initial take, like what you could potentially do to eliminate um, bad practice in and police brutality within the police departments. And one of the things we said was actually pay police officers a little bit more to incentivize them to uh, do a better job. But now I'm seeing defunding seems to be the broad general sweeping term. And I don't know, I think it actually makes police a lot more hesitant to even sign up. I mean, I've seen a ton of police quit as well. But I just yeah. maybe I haven't looked into it enough to see the intricacies of what defund actually means. Um, but I didn't know, you know, Benny, your take on that. Well, ultimately, I think if you're talking about increasing someone's pay, you're going to incentivize to get a higher quality employee in the first place. Now, I totally agree with the idea that there needs to be longer than six months of training to be a police officer. I mean, we request judges to go through years of being lawyers and then get voted into these positions. We require, you know, lawyers to just pass a state board, doctors to do the same. We require all these, I guess, all these important necessary positions to follow this rule of like, you need to go get a college degree. Like, yes, we're involving this. I mean, you can say we're involving the state to allow someone to work, but at the end of the day, you're ensuring that at least that person is probably capable of doing their job. Whereas this is not really able to hold them accountable. Like, does Raleigh, like the academy, get penalized whenever a cop accidentally kills somebody or does something wrong? I, I doubt the actual academy does. There's no, you can't hold them accountable even with their training. Yeah. What do you think, Nick? So, well, my, my understanding about the, the whole defund the, the police is that so far the so far the responsibilities of police officers isn't just to uphold the law it's also to uh, be kind of a quasi social worker and to be involved in all these different capacities like psychological capacities that they have very little if any training in so I do like at first when I heard defund the police I was like this is just the stupidest shit ever um, but then I, I read into it a lot more and you know a lot of it made sense uh, I certainly like I don't understand why police officers would be in any way qualified to deal with let's say in like a domestic violence situation like you want you obviously need somebody there to enforce the law but there's other aspects I mean it's not just like hey we're gonna enforce the law and therefore everything's over I mean they have to try and negotiate the situation they have to figure out what's going on and police officers are definitely not going to be the best people to to in a high aggression situation to be able to calmly deal with the situation in its nuances sure as like brute force like being able to separate two people or trying to mm. to create a, a safe enough environment they're definitely there for that but in terms of having that dialogue i mean there are certainly people that have better education and are able to to deal with those things a lot better and i think that's kind of the idea of defund the police like take some of the money mm. which i didn't know how much poli the police departments get paid but they get paid a lot of money like the uh, big new york that have negotiated yeah, right. that for a long time 
Yeah. So the I think the New York Police Department gets like a billion dollars or something like that. Um, it's something really, really massive. So if you can take, if you can reduce, it's essentially like the opposite of what we talked about last week, Kyle, right? Where you have, instead of increasing their, their pay and increasing their responsibilities, uh, with the increasing responsibilities, uh, we do the opposite, right? So that maybe we maintain their pay, but we decrease their responsibilities. And then we take that money that we would have taken to increase their responsibilities. We would have given that to someone else who can go alongside based on the disturbance, based on the, the issue at hand and have police there to enforce the situation, to keep the peace. But you have a person who's more qualified to actually talk through the issue. You know, um, that's, I think, I think, if my understanding is correct, that's roughly what 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 defund the police means, which I can completely get behind. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, granted, with my like, I don't have an idea of like the dollars and cents of the situation, but it does on a theoretical level, on a you know hypothetical level, it does seem to make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I think there definitely needs to be some severe change within the system as a whole. But um yeah, I think it's just it's in such an early phase that we're still trying to work out what, you know, all of defunding will exactly entail. And certainly your definition of that makes total sense to me because, yeah, you'd rather have like a so, you know, trained psychologist when you're when you're dealing with actually talking to individuals and not trying to escalate the situation further with physicality, which is the primary you know, use of the cops in, in, in a violent situation. But we move from defunding to abolition, which which is uh, <laughs> which is becoming a, a popular term to use in certain cities right now. Uh, demands for abolition entirely of police force and the justice system. Um, this is most. Notably, and the justice, uh, yeah, system? and the court, and the, As courts. In the justice department, the courts, the yeah, courts. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yes, that makes complete yeah. sense. Yeah. So okay. abandon that. Um, let everyone um, off of jail, and uh, yeah, no police, no guns anymore. Um, that are those are some of the key demands of the new country <laughs> in Seattle, Washington called Chaz. It is now encompassing seven blocks of downtown Seattle. And there's a sign when you enter saying, you are now leaving the United States um, and entering the uh, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, otherwise known as Chaz. Can you you guys explain that? Because I I did not look into it, but I know Joe Joe Rogan was talking about it. Well, just get ready. Here's Benny with a little bit of explanation. Benny Berman. So, I mean, we're talking about a space that basically has been cordoned off by armed individuals. Some are armed, some are just kind of like street thugs, but most of them are just kind of identify with the Antifa movement that we see going on, or at least like anarcho-communism and progressivism that we're seeing that they're kind of like creating their own mini state city state inside of a city um it's it has to be one of the most hilarious things you see you see this group that is incredibly diverse 
go and take over town hall or city hall, I guess, the library, not a shot is fired, nothing happens. And they, they're absolutely able to get away with it. Like, can you imagine any other city in the United States being like, we're going to secede right now? They would drop the hammer. Like, the mayor of Seattle's like, okay, we'll back off. We'll get the police out of there. You have your own area. While in the meantime, you have, like, a beautiful garden being grown and <laughs> protection being offered to local businesses. It's very... It's a very you have people with assault rifles patrolling the area now. Yes, there's been a, a vacuum of power that is now being <laughs> filled within the autonomous zone. Who's trying to eliminate power and police by creating their own power? Yeah. it's a pretty pretty uh, phenomenal situation. I don't know a ton about what's been going on, but a couple of demands that they've put together to the state of Washington um, abolition of the Seattle Police Department and the attached court system um, let's see also demand that the city disallow the operations of immigrant law enforcement in the city of Seattle um, we demand the use of armed force be banned entirely um, It's, it's just, a, it's like 30 plus things. Um, it's, it's just, it, it's a lot of stuff going on right now and it keeps progressing every day. And I honestly, both sides of the news are reporting good and bad things coming out of this. But <laughs> it's it's just wild to see because at the, fr at, at the beginning I was just like, Look at these idiots, like, I mean, I get the protest part, but now it's becoming something that really, I don't know if it has anything to do with the memory of George Floyd and the people who died at the hands of police brutality. I mean, this is just pure anarchy trying to destroy for the sake of destroying now. Um, and a really funny uh, tweet. <laughs> that uh, came out within this area by you know one of the main protesters said uh, the homeless people we invited <laughs> took away all the food at the Capitol Hill autonomous zone <laughs> we need <laughs> we need more food to keep, to keep the area operational please if possible bring vegan meat substitutes fruits oats <laughs> soy products Anything to help us eat. <laughs> <laughs> Militant vegans. Oh, good gracious. South Park is going to have a field day. <laughs> so it's just, uh, it's wild. Well, I'm excited to see how this is going to play out, honestly. When, when did this happen? Uh, I guess like maybe a week yeah. ago. Maybe. I mean, they've roped off seven blocks. <laughs> Of the of like just in the middle, in of, the Seattle. middle of Seattle, just and they're like checking people at the entrances, like guys with guns and stuff. They've set up walls and checking people for what? <laughs> just, just let me clear. I just need to do an ocular pat down, clear you for passage. <laughs> you, <don't> <laughs> you know, 
You realize you realize how great <laughs> how how absolutely You're becoming what they dangerous. Hate. That is that is so dangerous for them, like not for anyone else. <laughs> like legitimately, I don't think they understand. Like, could you imagine the the military? I mean, at that point, that's when you could like you have an, a, a quote unquote autonomous country, right? Yeah. So you can technically just have the military <laughs> go in war there on that area. Exactly. Exactly. Just shut off the uh, water, the power, anything. Water, like exactly. I mean, they're relying on people to bring food. I mean, they've they've basically <laughs> isolated themselves from you know any food and that's why one guy took it upon himself to grow a garden <laughs> oh, that'll do it yeah. there's about, there's it. about <laughs> 10 or so tomato plants you know a couple lettuce plants a few lettuce plants right <laughs> yeah. in, in dark and stormy seattle so that is hilarious <laughs> you you know all the authorities are just like we're just gonna let this play out they're gonna starve themselves out uh, like we're not even gonna do anything well, they don't have money <laughs> so they're going around and telling local business orders uh, owners to pay up so that's not real is it i think so i'm pretty sure that's oh real. god we're anyway. just looking at a great picture right now of someone inside of the uh the chaz and <laughs> <laughs> it says meet the new boss not the same as the old boss and this <laughs> this feeble looking tattooed individual <laughs> with a antifa shirt on tank top with a cake <laughs> with a sickle and hammer on top of it are you serious <laughs> yeah well th- like it, it, it's wild it just blows my mind how stupid <laughs> people can crazy. be sometimes how quickly just, things go <laughs> from just semi-normality to just when there's no, um, there's no, I don't know, ability to check other people for, you know, becoming corrupt or committing violence on people. How quickly things can escalate. And imagine if they were like, all right, we're going to abolish the police department entirely law and order in general i mean how could how in anyone's right mind think that that would incentivize people more to do the right thing well and not commit acts of crime you know i mean they're not interested for sure like a morality standpoint that's that's the issue what are they what is the standpoint (laughs) well ultimately they're trying to look at something and say this should be the norm they're not following saying whether this is right or wrong. I mean, heck, if you're going to display, you know, hammer and sickles, you're showing that you support the Soviet Union, which murdered 62 million of its own people in a, what, 80 couple, like 80 odd years? Under 100 years. Yeah. So many of their own people, countless others in other countries, like, but that's fine because everybody was equal. Yeah. Like everybody equally could freaking starve to death. Yeah, my my question is like, what are you? What do you want? Like, what's your overall message? I mean, if you have some people that is like, we want anarchy, but yet those same people are calling for communism. It's not the same thing. Anarcho communism, which is in like, at the, I'd say the base of Marxism. That's what you want is a global system that's basically abolish money. You 
don't really have any governments. You just have local communities that kind of govern whatever your stuff is, you know, whether it's natural resources or some kind of guild or anything like that that's kind of governed by <laughs> locally. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, what do you call like a union? I, I mean, know, it's I a mean, group uh, of I people. Just, I'm looking forward to them seeing different guilds. <laughs> <laughs> the Mage Guild. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably going well, to outlawed, they, Well, they just, they, uh, speaking of the Mage Guild, I think they um, banned, like, Magic the Gathering, a couple of the cards. What? Well, who did? <laughs> they just stopped making them because someone felt that they were... <laughs> racist and incendiary in some way i don't know exactly what the cards said or looked like but i have a hard time believing that <laughs> magic the gathering was a cover for right-wing racist groups <laughs> i mean it's your inherent whiteness that's allowing you to believe that i guess i guess it is wow so i still don't understand this anarch anarcho communism can you can you go into more detail with that benny well i mean because anarchy is not having any sort of government right yeah but that doesn't mean that you don't have like social norms and cultural beliefs and agreed upon like systems ultimately yeah okay so so that's that's one thing right having having agreed upon systems and then what if and bear with me here what if somebody breaks those social systems what happens in anarcho-communism, I don't know. I would assume that they'd be cut off from the, like, support of the community. So they'd probably lose their ability to work or eat or have living conditions. They'd probably just kind of be pushed out, which I don't really... I guess maybe there would be some kind of group of people that organize prisons. Like, there would just be a, a people that run prisons. <laughs> I don't really the know. People like, that like run miners. Prisons. There would be a group of miners. Okay. There would be a group of police officers yeah. and guards, maybe. Oh, so there would be there would be an enforcement body. I think within any kind of human social group, you're going to have somebody that's at least in, like towing the line of what who, is who would never dream of abusing their power. Never. No, 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 no. Of course <laughs> not. Never, Unlike ever. like the Zimbardo experiments <laughs> in psychology exactly. that that prove that this this is a. Uh, this never happens that people never get told like literally they're like this is a game but you are a guard and you are a prisoner and suddenly people start like immediately shifted into that mentality of i'm going to start treating prisoners like shit just to create that distinction in my head yeah. like that oh okay i mean it's just <laughs> it's it's okay i mean if you have more a dominant utility at your hands you're going to use it more than likely oh definitely that's that's the problem that's what i don't understand about a lot of these things like we you you can't ignore human nature like they it's not something you can just kind of materialize some sort of structure and somehow human nature is just not going to try and break out of that yeah. structure uh, i think that is one of if i can say one of the positives of capitalism the fact that you are supposed to take advantage of your human nature and try and better your circumstance. Um, so not saying that capitalism is the answer by any means, but it's so strange for me to, to, to hear about these communities of people where you have some people that are 
Like they recognize that people have to still enforce the law, yet they still, like you said, Kyle, have this idea that these people aren't going to take advantage of their their position. It's going to happen. Like you, you, that's the problem. You can't ignore that. Like it's going to happen. So how are you going to address that? That's that's that just makes no sense so to there's me. There's no, you know, there's no um, thought as to what things will eventually happen in the future. You know, if these policies are approved and they actually are like, what's your five-year plan? You know, nobody thinks past a day in this type of setting you know it's just clearly like, if they're asking for <laughs> vegan burgers and stuff they, they can't think they're not getting enough protein um, <laughs> i mean honestly they're, they're with something like the autonomous zone i can only see that as being opportunistic whereas these groups already oh, yeah. existed they were just waiting for the oh, like, kindling yeah, to be lit. Are tons of people who are giving the rioters and protesters a bad name are opportunists, like you said, who saw a moment where mass protests were breaking out and a lot more things were happening that, you know, would probably not normally, you wouldn't be able to get away with. So you just slide right in there and pretend you're with, you know, Black Lives Matter. You, you know, you're an idiot and you fool all these people. And next thing you know, uh, you're a warlord. <laughs> <laughs> in downtown Seattle, <laughs> yesterday you were just and you're a probably white. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you probably are. You really are. Um, but actually, um, evidently, this is potentially what's going on in Seattle right now. Um, it's only taken a few days <laughs> once the country of Chaz has um, been proclaimed. Evidently, a SoundCloud <laughs> rapper is becoming the warlord in an Antifa insurgency-controlled autonomous zone in Seattle. Um, it's pretty wild. I don't even understand. Like, I'm trying to make sense of those sentences. It's just a guy, apparently, who's... He, he, him and his friends have assault rifles, and they're like, we will protect this zone but in the meantime they're kind of bullying people within the zone yeah. and forcing uh, businesses in the zone to pay them money so basically extortion like the mob kind of um <laughs> it only takes a few days for things to really get weird well i mean you're talking about people with an ideology of not having personal possessions or personal property I mean, I guess you have your property that's toothbrushes, but if you're supporting communism, you're like, you don't have your individual business or car. Yeah, or this is ours now. Yeah, this is, you don't have a cell phone. That's the community yeah. cell phone. Yeah, they've, they've completely overtaken the individual and have moved on to the group mentality now. Which yeah, okay. So those businesses essentially have no incentive to continue to be businesses. No, oh, so they're once not you getting suck money them dry, for their products. <laughs> yeah, so once you suck them dry within a week, yeah. then suddenly you've lost that that <laughs> sort of source to get anything. But yeah, we'll 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 just keep doing it yeah, this way. I'm sure you'll out. be willing to, you know, still get product in and make food for us, you know, for free. <laughs> Yeah, sure. 
<laughs> I'm just waiting for what the currency is going to be called or if they even are going to have, they're gonna to have, have currency. All right. Well, yeah, I just, guess they yeah, will. Yeah, everybody's going to have good manners and share uh, fairly, I guess. Well, well you have to return what else would they do? for quality. And somehow you have to figure out how much how much is that vegan sandwich really worth of your labor? Is that like yeah. you cut three limbs off of a tree <laughs> on your way over? Yeah. Or did you like scrub a window real good? Or did you spray paint the entire side of the <laughs> of the public building? Or did you just do half? So you only get half the sandwich. <laughs> yeah, because you didn't destroy the public property. Uh yeah, I don't know. I really don't know, you know, 100% what's accurate and what isn't accurate. <laughs> but I mean, it's just wild. Okay, just I, wild. I got you. I understand. Uh, uh, the the facts aren't, aren't all out yet. We don't really know what's going on. <laughs> it doesn't look but good. I, That's what I'll say. I would find it hilarious. Did You guys said, like, this boss dude or whatever. Like, I would find it hilarious and obviously disgusting if it's a white dude that is doing this like i mean you you can't do this and then like claim that and i don't know if they are but you can't do this and claim that this is part of like black lives matter no you're just you're piggybacking off of that which is right it's terrible no i'm pretty sure he's of color okay this is the guy yeah we're seeing him now he's wearing a santa outfit (laughs) yeah he's got a He's got a Santa outfit on. Yeah, with a, with a gun. Um, yeah, Raz Simone. Aren't uh, aren't Antifa right? They're they're uh, they're largely liberal, right? Well, Benny knows a little not? bit more probably than we do about it. So let's okay. see the history yeah, and the. Uh, I don't. I mean. <laughs> We want to talk about the history. We're going all the way probably back to the 19th. Or just what they're generally 19th. about now. Okay, so basically yeah, yeah, their whole please. Mod- like, motive is just being against fascism. Fight the fash. Fight white males. What is fascism according to, to this definition that we're <laughs> well, going by? That would by. be like white nationalism, but we're not actually going to talk okay. about the origins of fascism in like 1920s and 1930s where it's kind of a, oh, I guess you would have like syndicalism so you have like industries that are kind of like their own governments that work with a centralized federal government but it doesn't seem like they believe that that's actually what it is i mean that's what that's what mussolini like fueled into italy was this idea of syndicalism between different industries to be able to take like basically private money and transfer it to public funds like the train system in italy and all that but ultimately Antifa is trying to destroy any kind of racism. Uh, I definitely say white nationalism, which I don't think anybody opposes. But at the end of the day, they become just an enforcer of what is woke. And that is more of their outward appearance. I mean, we can look back and see just in 2015, the lead up to the 2016 elections, how many brawls we saw involving Antifa or they were just maybe not even brawls, more of like just ambushes where they'd hit people with bear mace or eggs or, I mean, beat, you know. I'd rather get hit by an egg, I think. I think I would too. (laughs) Maybe get salmonella, but you know with the mace, you're definitely getting that, so. 
But ultimately, I mean, we've seen these people around fighting for, I mean, not the worst causes, but when you become militant about it or you just instigate a fight, you're not really driving home actually having a good conversation. You're just enforcing your will on other people. And I think we can always say that whenever you try to do that, people usually get dug into their own beliefs, even if you're absolutely right. You're always going to have people say, no, screw you. I don't give a shit what you say. I'm going to fucking believe whatever I want to fucking believe. So. Hmm. A political protest movement comprising autonomous groups affiliated by their militant opposition to fascism and other forms of extreme right-wing ideology. That's essentially what you just described. But my big question is autonomous groups. That's That's the sticking point to me. I'm... I'm just trying to think of this in a really granular way. Like, if you have one person, then you have another person. I think we can all agree that no two people are identical. So I find it really hard to think that you're, you're then going to have groups of people that aren't identical that are somehow going to be following one thought process. And I don't know if they've got, like, rules or, like, I, I'm just trying to... I, for any of this, it feels like there has to be some level of structure. And then with that structure, there needs to be something to enforce that structure so that people stick to that structure. Because the idea that everybody can just be autonomous and everybody's just going to survive off of like good faith and just be, you know, kind to your neighbor and all that, like that, that to me is just a pipe dream. I just don't believe in humans in that way. And it's such a weird idea for for people to you know create these blocks of you know a city and just be like hey we're now our own thing and we're not going to have these particular rules or you know whatever it might be it's just like i'm trying to wrap my head around it and it just i don't get it like this these all these autonomous groups like these little mini communities coming out of nowhere like what 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 do you think civilization is it's like it's like that on a large scale and I think ultimately we had to decide, oh, yeah, yeah okay, you're, you're we need starting an enforcement over, body. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And wh where do you think that's going to go? We've done it. It's some rough patches. You're definitely going to hit some rough patches. And, yeah. like, when you have more people pouring in, thousands of people, like you said, everybody has a different identity and genes and beliefs coming into it. You know, they might all agree that, capitalism is bad and we want this general thing but sure. then within there there's a lot of nuance where you're going to come up quick on a lot of disagreements and uh, that can quickly escalate into violence if there's no set uh, procedure or manual on what the whole thing is about and if there's no governing body for that manual to protect and preserve so it's just uh it's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited. I'm thoroughly excited. <laughs> and, you know, that's not the only place that has called for the abolition of the police department. And I'm sure there will be more who continue to do that. Um, but there was a big protest in Minneapolis um, mm -hmm. where the government actually, or the governor, the mayor, actually came out and participated in it and was going to speak and, you know, just show his solidarity. And a woman got on the mic and was like on a stage shouting down to him, like, 
hey, this is Jacob. This is the mayor. Like, and there was thousands of people out there. Right. And she's like, she's like, you gonna uh, get rid of the police department entirely? And he was like, I mean, I'm for defunding, and I don't, but I don't think that that might be. And before he could even answer, she's just like, get out. And the entire crowd was just shouting like, go home, Jacob, go home, Jacob. <laughs> it was wild. He didn't even get a chance to really say. The, the, all they heard was probably not going <laughs> to just take the police away entirely. And they're like, well, go then. And it was like the Game of Thrones moment where Cersei's walking down and everybody's shaming her. Um, oh, in yeah. town, and he just looks so defeated. Uh, that guy looked shame for sure. He just walked away, his head hanging, and just dropped his shoulders. He was just like, "Guess I'll go home." <laughs> the crazy thing is, that's his voter base. Yeah. That was just like, no, dude. Like, I don't know when his term's gonna be up, but I, I mean, I bet someone probably more progressive will run and beat him if that's the case. But we'll see. See, he's always got time for redemption, I guess. Yeah. Speaking of candidates, um, well, I guess I have questions for both of you guys, but, you know, the president continues to make wild and outrageous statements on Twitter, and it just kind of made me think, like, this could be a good opportunity for Joe Biden to step in and, be a little bit more of a calming restorative voice which maybe he has but then that also made me think has he still not announced his vice president candidate i don't think he has because that that, that's going to be the linchpin of whatever whatever decision you're going to see in um in november is going to have to deal with that he's going to play identity politics and he's going to drive it home i mean he's already started by saying i'm going to have a woman which is fantastic, but you're also saying you're not selecting the best person for the job. You're just selecting someone that meets a criteria to start off with, at least in my opinion. I mean, he could have came out and said, I'm going to have Amy Klobuchar be my vice president because I think she's going to be a great vice president, mm -hmm. and she would do a great job as a president if I had to, like, step down, not because... Do you think woman. the events that have happened recently will impact his pick? I mean, did he maybe change his pick based on what's going on now I, as to before? I mean, honestly, when you look at candidates for who that could be, if he's going to play into more identity politics, does he pick Kamala Harris to be his vice president? I mean, are people going to be like, she represents my values? I don't know. She's pretty left. Like, Biden's pretty central, yeah. but she didn't advance as far as him, like, partly because of her views on a lot of things. Like, people can't – you can't just sway moderates by throwing someone completely progressive in there and saying, vote for them because you don't want to be associated with Trump. It, it's insane. People at the bottom of their hearts will be like, screw you. You're not going to tell me who I need to vote for. And – they could still turn around and vote for Trump again. I mean, I see a lot of that. I saw a lot of that in 2015. Yeah. People just don't want to be told what they need to do. But just so everybody knows, there's a third option. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, you could vote for uh, Joe Jorgensen. Okay. The uh, 
if you want to be actually woke, you will vote for a woman who has a doctorate from, I don't know where it's from, but Strayer University. No, no, she teaches. She teaches <laughs> at Clemson, so she's at least somewhat put together. But uh, yeah, she is a doctor of, I think, economics, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, if you want to vote for a woman and not feel like you're going to play into Joe Biden or Donald Trump's little game, you can. I mean, she's already came out and said the first thing she's going to do is get rid of the ATF and I think reduce ICE, if not get rid of it. So you talk about minimizing the size and like outreach of the state. I say all for it. I mean, if, if you truly believe in minority rights, you believe that, you know, Ronald Reagan and the NRA were big proponents of closing down gun ownership for black and minority communities over the past, you know, mm-hmm. 70 years, probably not. Well, not Ronald Reagan the whole time, but <laughs> I mean, he might have when he was an actor yeah. protesting. <laughs> they can't have it. I only I can. But I mean, it's at least another option. You don't have to fall into it. You don't have to vote right. for a Democrat or a Republican. You, so you're saying a vote for libertarian is not necessarily a vote for Trump or for Biden? No, it's not a throwaway. It's never going to be a throwaway because you, if you're voting for them, you're voting out of your own opinions. And that's where I go to the poll, which I say, what do I actually believe in? I'm not voting out of fear because there hasn't been a libertarian candidate in the office yet, right? So there's a lot of people that still vote out of fear or just the word hasn't gotten out, but the way I look at it is I'm voting how I believe things should happen. And I mean, there was a lot of people that were Bernie bros in 2016 or 2015, and they went ahead and voted for Jill Stein. And that was a very commendable thing. That's what they believe in. They should be able to vote for it. Not feel like they have to be roped into like the Walmart and target of politics. Like Mm -hmm. big box stores don't provide you the best quality of goods and neither will a broad platform. It's not going to cover everything. And, and what are the main values of libertarianism to you that are that make it appealing? Well, I think my shirt says it. Okay, I want to read what your see. shirt says. I want gay marriage. Or, no, excuse yeah, me. You're right. I want gay married couples. Sorry, it's upside down. To protect their marijuana plants with guns they bought with Bitcoin. If you want to talk about defunding the police and denying the state, uh, taxes start using Bitcoin. It's the easiest way. Hey, if you don't want to, if you don't want cops to get more money and more power, like, like even Wake Forest, like, why do they have an armored car? Right. <laughs> like, why do they need that? You can do your part by using cryptocurrency and being able to cut the middleman out. Nick, did you hear what his shirt said? Just want to make sure you heard because he he that. he had trouble pronouncing the word plant. It was wrapped around my man boob, so I couldn't really see it. Yes, yes, I heard it. Gay gay people married, uh, protecting their marijuana plants with guns. They bought with Bitcoin. Right, bought with Bitcoin. The only thing it's missing is the 3D printed guns. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Completely cut the government out. Now, Nick, on your side, why do you think Trump's going to (laughs) win? Right. Great answer. <laughs> or do you, who do you uh, think will win at this point? Has there been now? 
you know, like I was saying with Biden, there's been maybe a change within his own camp to say, now we need to pick this person to capitalize on the feeling of the nation. Um, I don't know, has has there been a change within the people now because of this moment as well to say, you know what, we're done with how Trump is handling this, or is he somehow going to gain from all this in some weird way? Uh, I don't, I don't think that he's gaining from this. Uh, I know that he worms his way out of a lot of different situations, but he, he, okay. So if I can take my feelings as a barometer, which I try and keep relatively even keel when it comes to politics, because I genuinely can't stand politicians, uh, I don't vote. So I have never voted before and I feel strongly about that like extremely strongly as a matter of fact as strongly as people feel about voting i would (laughs) gladly go toe-to-toe with them and be just as aggressive about not voting because i i seriously can't stand politicians however that said through that vitriol i I am seriously considering voting against Donald Trump specifically because of what happened just a week or two ago. Yeah. I've been thinking about it for a few weeks now, or well, not a few weeks. I mean, it's, I guess, a week, week and a half. Whenever he did his whole Bible oh, yeah. uh, showdown, that disgusted me so much that I just, uh, I, I, I'm having real yet. trouble um, so I, I certainly identify with what Benny was talking about, how you should, you should vote with kind of just generally with the platform or the, the people that you generally believe in. It doesn't have to be one of the two big parties. Yeah. So I don't know which way I'd vote. But if I can use those emotions moving forward, I will say I do think that some kind of conservative leaning individuals that would have typically voted for Trump. I do think that they're looking at this kind of stuff and they're genuinely appalled by not only his actions like that kind of thing that he did, but also on top of that, uh, the, the things that he's been saying, like George Floyd would be happy or something along those lines right now. And he's so happy or something. He's yeah. And he's happy about the the situation (laughs) like that. That is just, I mean, that is just, I mean, it's unreal at all with this guy. But you really have. Yeah, he'll just one up you, and then just (laughs) (laughs) he's just like, I'm still president. What's up? And just double down like every time. It's wild. It is insane. He just never stops. Yes. No, and that. So I I do think that things have started to switch more. I guess in Biden's favor. I mean, uh, he's the big other candidate. Not that Biden is blowing people out of the water with like his incredible nature and his speeches and his intelligence or anything like that but just by the fact that donald trump seems to be just pushing the edge he just keeps pushing it constantly and people are getting more and more alienated now granted like his base is definitely still going to be really vocal and supportive and everything i think still he'll do well but i do think that things what i would have initially felt that donald trump was potentially going to win again now I'm starting to feel like uh, Joe Biden might might win simply by the fact that uh, Donald Trump is alienating so many people, especially like African-Americans and minorities in general and people that 
uh, that, you know, may have been more complacent. Just the fact that so many feelings are coming out right now, I think people are really starting to, people that were relatively complacent before are now actually really thinking, wow, do I want this to continue? Like, I... I just feel uncomfortable. I feel unhappy in this situation, as we should, like, right, as especially white people in general should feel uncomfortable, should feel like, hey, I need to be a little more introspective. I need to think about these situations a bit more. And I, yeah, so I think ultimately it's going to end up pushing back against uh, Donald Trump. So, Nick, are you saying that you're anticipating a lot more first-time voters to start popping up this year? Because, I mean, definitely. I think a lot of people are registering now. A lot I'm more sure. people during this time. Definitely. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. that too. Go out and vote. Register to vote. I mean, hashtag register to vote has been blaring around yeah. IG for yeah. like the last couple of weeks. I mean, there's one issue though that like the polling places like I don't know. I just I just feel like there's going to be huge issues with like actual physical places to vote in high democratic areas or. Any area, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it just, it seems like that's going on right now in places that are having huge wide scale votes. That's like, I've been here for three hours. I'm still in line. And Jeez, like, I've never waited that it's long insane. Before. Yeah. And then I just also have a feeling they're going to be like, well, we need to, you know, look at COVID again in the fall and we're voting and I don't know if we'll be able to go out, but also we don't have a law in this state that allows you quick and easy access to vote via mail or like something like that. That could be another issue of people trying to hold up votes if they don't see things going their way. I mean, obviously that's (laughs) conspiratorial, but it's happened in the past. I'm sure of it. We need to count these chads again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's not quite punched through all the way. No, I mean, totally. At the same time, you're seeing an issue with people getting 10 different ballots sent to them in California for, you know, at-home voting. So I don't know what that medium ground looks like. And especially when even on NPR, they're having the head of, like, human health in North Carolina saying, we might have to go back to a stay-at-home order. Like, that is a real thing around here. We might have... At Governor Cooper's like behest, he was like, "We might be opening up way too early," and you're really starting to see that, especially with all the protests. Like, yeah. you mean to tell me that this isn't gonna flare up? Oh, it already is showing that. Yeah. It's yeah, it is. And the crazy thing is, doctors and you know health officials in general who you know when coronavirus was just coming out, who were saying, "Stay home, wear a mask, social distance." We need to flatten the curve. Now, with all this, the rioting and protesting going on, they're saying it's more important to protest than it is to social distance. Because exactly. you have 50,000 people shoulder to shoulder in downtown L.A. I mean, that's a breeding ground for I don't care what disease. Are they just changing up their tactic to say herd, herd immunity? We're no, they're, go just, for it right they're just saying, like, we'd rather you risk trying to stop you know police brutality and systemic racism than spreading a virus that's already killed over a hundred thousand people in this year that's literally comparing like what five thousand people a year dying at the hands of the police at most to already a hundred thousand people that have died in the united states from a disease like 
Yeah, it's just I don't even know. Like, it's hard for me. To it's hard around. to even have a perspective on it, honestly. I think the doctors are just biased towards a, a liberal oh, well, they want, agenda, yeah, which I true. which I certainly understand. I think the the better answer would have been. The problems are still absolutely the exact same as they were pre-protest, pre-George Floyd dying, pre-Ahmaud Arbery dying, but we understand that this is a political movement, and the only way that this is actually going to happen is by people going out. So you're going at your own risk, so just be aware of that, but the risk is the exact same as it was before, as opposed to saying, oh, this is more important, mm. then you're automatically throwing in there, oh, well... You know, maybe coronavirus right. isn't that big Which of a deal. A, no, yeah. it's the exact same and deal. That's a slap it's a big in the deal. Face to the people whose loved ones died, who they weren't allowed to be in the room with. I've known two people that have died from it. I've known of them. Wow. They're, yeah. One is like a friend of my dad's, and then another one is Merva's friend's stepmom. And it's like, it's it's real. Yeah. Like it's not it's not slowing down. It's not gonna like not kill you. Yeah. And I, I get it. I mean, I'm on board. Like, if you want to get out and protest, that's fine. But don't be, Same. don't be, uh, I'm not blind to the fact that COVID is not just eradicated now that protests have started, you know. So right. it's all just about what you want to do as an individual. It's not linear. It's not based off of the news cycle. You yeah. know, the news cycle can only pump out let's say one story a day i mean obviously it's pumping out way more than that but let's say one story a day so you have kind of march april may and the whole coronavirus thing is kind of the news cycle right that's the thing that we're talking about now it's protests and people are just kind of assuming that based off of the news cycle of one they're choosing one story a day so now they're focusing on racism and they're focusing on the george floyd situation and protests and stuff like that so that's what people are starting to get exposed to. So they're not getting as as exposed to coronavirus. And that's an issue because you still have to consciously be aware that even though the news isn't covering it, that's still something that you have to consider for the for well, until we actually have a vaccine for this this yeah. disease. Yeah, it's difficult. It's definitely not an easy route to go. But at least uh, Gilead and AstraZeneca are on it. And they wait for the vaccine, or at least uh, helping people to have it, as they're called. The crazy thing is that my previous place of employment, that team that I was on actually got all the COVID studies. So I'm kind of jealous that I'm not still there, being able to work hand, like basically work with the production team to be able to get that through the drug trials and actually to market but yeah still been cracking away at it what do, what do you mean they got the covid studies well um pra uh, pharmaceutical research association uh, i used to work there as a, basically in finance for the pharmaceutical studies so basically helping a drug get from just the trial status to all the way through the fda and onto the market so PRA got all the Gilead studies because Gilead is one of their biggest clients and one of their oldest clients. And so you're seeing all these COVID trials of the, what is it, Remdesivir? Remdesivir. Yeah, so that's coming out of Gilead. And like all my former coworkers are all working on those studies. So I'm a little wow. jealous. 
Hmm. Yeah. But it's incredibly risky. I mean, we're saying that we're jumping straight to phase three with these drug tri- drug trials so early on. Like, I mean, I think they skipped phase one A and one B pretty early on and went straight into two and three. And I mean, that's when you're increasing the whole population size by hundreds, if not thousands, and you're starting to really look for like, like what is the upper limit that people normally can take of this drug? Like you've skipped that whole process of being able to find like, all right, we only have 10 patients on the study. Can they take this drug and will they not die? Found that out. Then in phase 1B, you're trying to figure out that upper limit of where can they start getting sick from taking too much of the drug. Then they back it off. Then you get into phase three where you're trying to open that upper limit up to a whole bunch of people. And then in phase four, you should have it kind of narrowed down. You're doing a very broad study across multiple countries, thousands of patients, and trying to figure out what is the chances of having any kind of like adverse effect or serious adverse effect where someone might be hospitalized or die. And trying to really apply that through biostatistics. This when FDA approval comes into play? After this. Phase four is before you go to the FDA saying this is our findings, this is why you should approve it. And then after the FDA, then you might do additional like real world solutions studies. So basically your drug has been approved, you're just trying to get more data to back it up so you can turn around and sell it to doctors or push it on doctors to say, hey, why don't you you know, yeah. tell people with depression to have this drug or people with pain use this. Well, Nick, I don't know if you have any uh, urgent topics you wanted to talk about, but I know that uh, there's been another stint of now toppling uh, statues across the country. And now, well, even in England as well. And I'm sure other places throughout Europe. Yeah, yeah, I saw a lot of the Confederate... um, statues were being taken down or had their heads decapitated yeah. i think that was i guess christopher columbus, columbus yeah got his um, head chopped off um yeah columbus and then i think there's been recently calls for and destruction of abe lincoln or not abe lincoln but uh george washington that and thomas jefferson <laughs> as well because they all slaves uh during their lifetime as well yeah i mean i don't i don't have real strong opinions about it i guess i have slightly mixed opinions but i think my opinions are or my emotions are generally tending towards uh following the most offended group meaning in this situation that uh, african americans that feel like they are slighted or offended by the fact that uh, you have these statues that are representative of of men that uh, had slaves a certain like you know what preserve it yeah like what what am i gonna say you know i know (laughs) we have to keep them up because they were influential in other ways i mean okay that's that's one argument but i don't think it's a good argument i think you need to ultimately go with what affects negatively the most people and uh, the fact that so many people certainly feel offended and i certainly understand the offense i you know and i just don't feel like i have a right to 
to say, oh, well, that's just not good. You know, you, we, we have to. George Washington was such a powerful figure and all that yeah. stuff. Um, he can still be a powerful figure, but maybe we just don't have any statues of him anymore. Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, it's just a constant reminder, you know, to a large group of people what that person stood for. And not only did they yeah. stand for those things, but they lost as well. So it's kind of promoting a bunch of bad things. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't generally have an issue with that at all. I mean, even Robert E. Lee himself, after the war was over, said that he was not in favor of any monuments or statues to what the Confederacy was or any of the individual generals. Um, at all so you you even have him saying he's against it I mean and then I don't know it just it definitely sends a bad message I just I don't want it to go over into grounds that you know one day down the road you see a passage in a history book or something that happened and yeah. then you now I don't like that so I'm going to just take it down completely which I'm not saying that it's going to just jump to that but I'm saying yeah I don't want it to get to that level ever. Um, so, I don't know. Hasn't all of history yeah. been curated at some point, though? I mean, let's... Probably, yeah. Let's look at something right here, which is perfect. So, right down the street at UNC, you have the Silent Sam statue torn down. Right up the street on Roxborough in Durham, you have the Confederate soldier statue torn down by the mob. And then you have people not paying attention enough to figure out that you have Pettigrew Street that is right in the middle of Durham, which is named after a Confederate general that is also the youngest person to ever graduate from UNC. Like, are people going to tear that down or change the name of the street? Like, they find out about it. But they're not. And, that, and that's where we're saying that history has been curated enough that almost keeps people completely ignorant to something that they really sh probably should be offended by. I mean, great, you graduated yeah. from a school when you were 14 in like 1836 or something, you know, it's, yeah, it was impressive then. But I, when are people going to wake up and realize that, yeah. you know? I mean, only now are we really having a real discussion with Mississippi changing their state flag, which is insane. <laughs> just you like they've just been sitting there with their fingers in their ears going nah 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 we're not listening we're not gonna do it and it's like let the but population... I will say what they're doing is they're doing it uh, through the court system as you would do anything else to get something you know permanent changed and not that it's not justifiable to actively protest and riot against something like that that is reminds you of an egregious period and American history, but I think this will be quicker in a more effective way, and then it's a teaching moment as well. Um, and, you know, I guess my whole concern with the whole, you know, removing passages of history, I mean, I want to keep the bad stuff in history so that we can learn from those bad moments and teach people yeah. that actually this is how we got to here is because we overcame these moments and we realized the error of our ways during that time and fought to preserve something that was more good for the, you know, for all of mankind. So, um, 
not saying again that it's going to evolve there, escalate quickly, but you know, we'll see. It's, it definitely reminded me of that. It brought it to my mind. So we'll, I don't know. Yeah. I think if it's something that's a publicly, so this is the line that I have in my head. If it's private, do whatever the hell you want with it. Right. And you know, that's between you and the private company or the business or whatever, whatever it might be. But if it's public and I'm talking about specifically if it's sponsored by uh, like the National Library or something along those lines, I don't I would not want those kinds of collections to be uh, somehow altered because of some political or some sort of emotional connection to the stories within the, the books that are in there, because in that way, I mean, just like you said, it is starting to alter history. And I think that history should be as much. I mean, of course, it's all written down by humans. But um, if you actually have history, you want to be able to have uh, a kind of unbiased, as unbiased as possible uh, recollection of exactly what happened. And I think that if you keep that in the public spheres and in terms of, you know, universities, like, you know, a university professor ends up, let's say, writing a manuscript based off of uh, the, the history of, I don't know what, it could be the 1810, whatever it might be. Um, I wouldn't want that to be altered because then you're starting to get in dangerous territory because then, you know, it's only one step away from starting to, to starting to alter like science. You know, you're, you're getting to a point where studies and science are, are being uh, done a particular way because we can't address certain things. And actually, they have talked about that. Like there have been social scientists that have actually complained that they're not they don't get grants because what they feel, at least, is because they're being too conservative because the university system is becoming far too liberal, um, that they're, you know, if it doesn't toe this line, you know, which is still pretty broad, there's still quite great range, but the range is starting to shrink and shrink and shrink where it's like, oh, well, if you don't come to this conclusion, therefore we won't publish it. And that is something I vehemently disagree with. Um, so it's, but I, you know, but if it is like privately, owned right let's say let's say a publishing company decides oh we will give you give this author x amount of money and they write a book and the book is completely factually not true but they are advertising it as as it is as if it is factually true and they want to alter history i mean more power to you go for it but i'm saying just in the public sphere if the public money goes into it then it should be as scientifically as factually historically accurate as you can possibly have it just so that we have a record to your point Kyle just so that we have a record that it's it was the way that it was like this is how it actually was so we have a reference point to kind of go off of yep yeah we just don't want it to escalate to that situation um ever um and another thing that kind of jumped in my mind off of that topic is you know I'm seeing I saw that the there's like a famous Winston Churchill statue in England that mm -hmm. was heavily defaced um, so I'm just kind of thinking you know where do we draw the line when we when we want to take statues down is it going to be up to something that someone said or you know, did to a certain level. I mean, I, I just, 
I genuinely don't know, but I thought that was surprising that they're now going after him. And he did say definitely some racist stuff in his life. Um, there's no mm. denying that. But I think he also pretty much contributed, or pretty greatly contributed to <laughs> preserving England and maybe, you know, all of the West as a whole after World War II. Um, so he did a few good things as well. Um, obviously, that doesn't justify his racial views at, at one time in his life, but it just it's an interesting topic to see, like, you know, where do we down the road sort of draw the line at removing stat- statues or glorifying individuals well, publicly I, anyway? I think that's probably your number one thing is when you put people on a kind of pedestal in general, you make them this larger-than-life individual that can do no wrong, which is, I think, why people get so attached to these ideas of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and Abraham Lincoln and whoever. It doesn't matter. You're going to end up having this bigger-than-life kind of idea, and you have this cult of personality that forms around it, and you'll defend that kind of person no matter what they do. It doesn't matter. You saw the same kind of thing with Stalin and the Soviet Union, with Hitler and Nazi Germany. You see this maybe... I would say definitely during World War II, but after World War II, not so much with Winston Churchill in the UK. And I mean, you build these people up, they can do no wrong. So when people say, dude, that guy was terrible, you know. Yeah, with women or whatever. <laughs> whatever, it doesn't matter. They're still going to do it. Like, we can go to Mongolia and tell them to take Genghis Khan off their money because he was a terrible person that raped and pillaged all of Europe. And they're going to be like, uh, no, that's our dude. He was the best thing ever. And they're not going to do it. They're just rooted in it. It doesn't matter what he's done. He's done it, and he's, yeah. he's their icon. He's a mythical figure now. Exactly. How do you expunge that? It almost becomes its own religion then at that point of where you have to abide by, I don't know, the ideas of that George culture. Washington, yeah. you know, how do you do that? Yeah, I think you need, we, we need, or maybe we need some sort of system, some sort of level of offense that yeah. needs to be kind of agreed upon by a majority to, to start enacting some of these changes and in, in terms of who, like maybe in the first place, right? In the first place, who actually deserved to have a statue. I don't know when some of these like Confederate statues were decided on like, Hey, we're now going to have this statue up there. But mostly I mean, the you 18- know, they're, they're f- 80s. Say it again. Mostly in the 1880s to the 1920s was the majority of them. Yeah. So, so that was certainly a completely different time. So, um, if, if we do end up having some sort of council that ends up trying to decide, uh, is, is this still, do we still feel that these people are as great or as influential as uh, we thought that they were? Uh, and that'd be difficult to, to navigate because it is difficult. Like you don't want to, or at least I, I would imagine you don't want to end up in a situation where just one person is offended. Therefore the entire society has to come to a screeching halt and say, Oh, okay, we'll, we'll address that because I mean, we, we get nothing done that way. And, 
there's a certain amount of offense that's going to happen. Now, granted, with something like racism, that's so egregious and so bad that that's why I take myself just out of the situation uh, because it's it's just yeah it's just so egregious that I can't I can't speak on it. So if if people feel really offended by having a statue like that there, then uh, I'm I'm just gonna have to sit down and just you know do do whatever. Of course, I don't have strong feelings for the Confederacy either. So uh, that's that's another topic you know for for people that do have really strong ties to the confederacy um that's that's another thing to consider well that's a hard one to get your head around too right like at some point you have to be like well that was my ancestor that got sucked into it and it's like how do you defend that when you know they might have been conscripted into it or they felt obligated just out of peer pressure or anything like that i mean i'm sure that even like on my mom's side of the family they fought for the north like they probably still felt compelled or were conscripted to do that even if they believed in it or not they, you know it's not like you really completely can have an option but you have to still i think a lot of people go well they still went and faced down danger because they believed in something and that at some point is honorable but at the same time it's like are they still gonna extend that same thought to like the mojahideen in afghanistan or you know the syrian free army or something no they're definitely not it's going to be based off of who can gather enough support to make their voice heard ultimately that's what it's going to come down to because you're right i mean you you know for for those individuals or for any individuals in the future if you don't have enough uh offense if you don't have enough people that strongly feel one way nothing's going to happen no nothing and you know another issue that potentially arises out of you know all this attention now to statues and looking at these people in history um, obviously noting that we shouldn't be glorifying you know those that promoted and the idea of slavery but um, I don't appreciate when people um, I don't know. I just don't like it when people are accused or held responsible in any form for the sins of the father, you know, like just because my ancestor did something now I have to take on that same guilt, you know, Um, not saying that that's happening on a large scale now, but again, it's just something that has happened before on both sides, you know, um, just associating someone who had absolutely nothing to do, wasn't even alive, with this whole idea or person, you know, on a more intimate form, which is unfortunate and unfair, but in a highly emotional situation, obviously things, these things can occur pretty easily. Yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, you're right. I mean, I think course i'm sure plenty of people would disagree with us but i i i would be i would definitely bristle at the idea that you know somebody found out something about my family or you know that happened 250 years ago or something along those lines or just the fact that i'm white right and i'm a male um and they you know they just know about the history of of what happened you know white people just kind of dominating um the the entire world 
uh, that was yeah. like I, I I don't want to be held responsible for it. <laughs> yeah, <It's, laughs> I, mean, I, I didn't exist. No, like I legitimately the first person I think of when I think of I, <laughs> I <was laughs> colonialism. I, it's I always want to blame you for that. I wasn't I wasn't even a single cell yet so it's it's a little hard for me to take uh, to take blame for that although I am sensitive to to the or I try to be sensitive to the to the issue so I try and give wherever I can um, but once people start asking me to do certain things that uh, that infringe on me that that start attacking me as a person that I mean, that sucks. That's that's when you're starting to get into a really delicate territory. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned white people in there somewhere. That, that reminded me of my next segue, which is uh, celebrities back at it again. Oh. White celebrities in particular. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you saw this recent video. With Aaron, Aaron Paul, Paul and all and that. It's in black and white. So yeah. serious. Oh, so powerful. It's got a little background music going on, but it's just like, guys, A, no one gives a... <laughs> I care less. Uh, yeah, no one cares at all. Like, if you were a good yeah. person in the first place, you would already be like, that was a very racist joke. I am not going to associate with you. Like, I know that I've had to do that in my life. And me and Maripa both have had to go through and kind of be like, that's unacceptable for you to say that. And especially yeah. like five, seven years ago when people, white people were still in mostly white groups still dropping in bombs. And you're like, oh, that's not good. Like, you no. can't do that, dude. Like, we've been there. Did that. That wasn't good. No. Grow out of oh, it. It still happens. Oh, yeah. It still happens. But it was. I feel like it was very similar to the whole like, using gay to say something's like lame or whatever like it was still yeah. in that same kind of right. note and you just have to shut those people out but i don't know why these celebrities feel like now we yeah, should be putting our foot down like yeah. the, the foot should have been down years ago <laughs> i know it's just like it's just so many people virtue signaling now to the highest virtue. degree just to, I don't know. They're just obviously a lot of them are sincere, and that's great. But it just seems so disingenuous when all of a sudden you're like, I don't know, just coming out with this just to prove like I'm with you on this, blah blah blah. If you didn't already know that I wasn't racist, like here you go. Right. Let me just further sh share with you how. Uh, how woke and how you know inclusive I am as a person let me let me get you to focus on me a little bit more not only to just because I'm selfish but to just prove to everyone else who's checking actively like what did he say what did you say Definitely. you know it's just like a lot of people people feel compelled you know because other people are putting pressure on them to do so if they have a platform but uh i, mean, I don't know the opposite with drew Brees, where he just like kind of shit the bed on that one <laughs> and you're seeing these people say that was a bad idea yeah i can do better and go another way yep but 
I think it comes back to exactly what you're saying. It's a, it's virtue, and you're talking about actors that live and die by their vanity and their ego. Yeah. That during this coronavirus whole stay at home, you know, they've kind of eliminated their value that they provided, you know, society. Unless they've filmed something months ago and they're totally out. Like, how do they stay relevant? How mm-hmm. how does you know John Krasinski really like? He has a good news network or whatever yeah. that's oh, called. We, we, Kyle, do you want to jump <laughs> we, in here? We've been on this Joker for a little. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I like him, and I'm glad that he's trying to be positive and be optimistic, but he's really just trying to fill a void in his life, I think. It's his ego saying, I need to do something. Right. I need to Oh, Benny, he, he sold it to, to CBS, so he just made a, a shitload of money. When and now 40 he's a million producer, people so. are out at work, he just made a bank just because he's famous. Um, yep. I love it. Just, uh, yeah. I'm totally for it. I'm going to tune in this week. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like anyone's just like Dave Chappelle actually just released. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, I don't know if you watched it or not, but I watched part of it. Yeah, he went hard. <laughs> it was powerful. Um, I love anything that guy does, but he was like, he even said, like, nobody gives a fuck about what a celebrity thinks right now like that's why i'm just now saying something because i want to really think about it and add my perspective and what i've experienced in my life he's like he's like there's nobody going oh my god where's ja rule (laughs) i need to hear what ja rule has to say (laughs) he's always like it just goes back to him ripping on Ja Rule always. But people care what he has to say in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. That was one more relevant than the other. Yeah, he had an older bit where he was like, yeah, right after 9-11, they're like interviewing people, and they're like, we're now going to cut to Ja Rule. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, oh, thank God you got Ja Rule. Oh, man. But was yeah. he implicated with the whole scandal yeah oh man that's so good yeah so telling me how i need to feel that guy yeah so yeah it's just another comical little side piece to this whole disaster yeah i i don't understand how celebrities are not getting the picture at this point you put anything out there, you will be made fun of. Yeah. Like, it's not complicated. Yeah. Just don't say and, and anything. And also, they're all and, reading from something, from a teleprompter. It's not from the heart. Yeah. It's just, this is something, their eyes are moving, but they're still very, they're on the verge of crying, Nick. They're yeah, very right. sad. <laughs> right. And they're yachts. Yeah. Just, just let your action speak and just don't say anything else. Don't. I know. Your vo- your voice doesn't like your actual voice. Your opinions don't. You don't need to prove to anybody an that you donated or that you helped. Like the fact that you actively helped because you wanted to is enough for for yeah. you. That should be enough. You don't need exactly. to show off. If people recognize you, that's great. Then people sure. are inspired by that. But like nothing you could do about nothing. that. I yeah. mean, it's just just reality, yeah, and that can be good. But. Um, yeah, it's just wild. It's just <laughs> there's a, there's a, uh, I don't know if you guys watch uh, JP Morgan. JPC, no, not JP Morgan. His name's JP, but he has a, he has, he's a, a really buff 
white guy with red hair and he does like these satire videos and oh, he had this like, really that, sarcastic yeah. video where he he was making fun of the whole like celebrities in, at their houses and stuff and he's like at this mansion and he's like walking <laughs> around like his grounds of his ma- mansion and whatnot he's like yeah we're in this together <laughs> yeah. we are all the same <laughs> he's just like he's like swimming in a pool and stuff he's like Ah, it's so hard being stuck (laughs) inside my house and in my grounds. Oh yeah, I think I think I watched that one actually. That was that was Uh, perfect. He did such a good job with it too. Just sums it up. That was yeah. That was so accurate. Going on and being like, oh man, I'm stuck. It feels like I'm in jail, and it's she's in an eight acre like mansion in L.A. Yeah. Or she was like, uh, yeah, it's it's like jail, like. I'm wearing the same clothes and like, <laughs> and I'm sleeping with like my cellmate or, or no, she's like, I'm wearing the same clothes and everybody's gay. <laughs> who, wait, who said that? Ellen DeGeneres. Are you serious? Yes. At right at the beginning, and Why? then they, she got off of Twitter in a second because she got <laughs> roasted. It just shows you how how much you lose sense of reality once you make it to a level. Jeez. And you're not doing your normal thing where the t- attention's on you all yeah. the time, in which her case, she's got a show every day, you know. Um, so she's got to say some outlandish shit to get that level of response. I mean, it was mostly negative, but she probably still got some sort of energy source from all the all the <laughs> likes yeah it, it keeps her alive at this point that's hilarious. just people's eyes watching that's too good an energy source <laughs> <laughs> yeah you that's gotta so keep it, you gotta though. keep the energy source alive for celebrities and they will oh, wear their yeah. way like <laughs> yeah they really are some of the most useless human beings <laughs> they will Yes, they'll wither away and die. Like, uh, damn, I just had his name. Um, he was the devil in Hercules. Oh. <laughs> oh, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember. The cartoon. <laughs> yeah. God, I'll think of his name. But anyway. <laughs> He's Hades in... Uh, Hercules. Yeah. This gentleman here. Yeah, so. <laughs> Interesting. You have his name? I don't have his name. You you go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just going to double down on the whole celebrity thing. It's uh it's incredibly frustrating. I think I think there are certain groups in the population that should just be listening and not offering uh, too much oh, totally. commentary on well at least i should say like specifically commentary on how to deal with the situations that are at hand yeah, yeah i mean especially like you said as like a white person i mean obviously we can assess the situation and look at what's going on and you know share our opinion on what's actually happened but to say that i have the end-all be-all knowledge on what's going to get everybody back together and make things good right. work well for the black community 
in ways that has never you know been fairly represented before i mean that would just be wild for me to come out and do i think it's so i think it's so ridiculously arrogant for like a white person to be like oh don't worry black folks i will i know how to fix your problems yeah. like that that to me that would be absolutely crazy kind of platform like i know you yeah well he said if you you he's like if uh you don't know who to vote for you ain't black so yeah right so joe knows yeah well we never we never said joe biden was an angel (laughs) hey benny have you have you heard about this libertarian candidate let me tell you about this this woman so she's getting she's she's a doctor she uh, teaches at clemson yeah she has a doctorate in economics i believe God, I, Check I her out. from Strayer or Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or Grand Canyon University. We're, we, we are not endorsed. Yeah. We're not paying Dr. Jorgensen. <laughs> Dr. Joe yeah. Jorgensen. She looks like, she looks like She's maybe. She's on the PTA, <laughs> that's for sure. At Glimson. Let's see. Where did she get her from uh, SMU? Oh, Southern Methodist yeah, University. She graduated from Baylor with a psychology degree. Nick, look at you. You could be okay. president soon. <laughs> yeah, if only I were born here. That's true. Well, we're going to change the laws. That's yeah. what Chaz is all about. I would, I would, I don't think I would. There, Okay maybe i'm going too a little extreme in my head but i would hate to be the president i'll just put no, it that i don't way. think you're wrong there i think <laughs> after day one they're like well i messed up has there been a president that's just been like after one term like could have gone for a second term it was just like nah i'm good i think it's gerald ford is the only one that's ever been that ford time. Forward. Yeah, because he came into it in a weird way. Yeah, as vice president, yeah, right? Oh yes, right. Abdicating the throne. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think that he left because he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't leave oh, on shit. his own pie. <laughs> because Joe, <Paul> like, <laughs> you don't have any charges left. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Gerald Ford. You just never expect as vice president, like, damn, I had it good. (laughs) And actually, I don't know. I mean, it must get to, like, with Joe Biden, who's been a life politician, it must just be the thrill of the kill. kill. That that hit of heroin for him. Just like, I need that power. I need the constant news about me, like, this is, Which is a great sign. You definitely yeah, want that yeah. in a person Selfless. that's going to be leading. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I associate the, those two words, Biden, selfless, so well. I know. Especially while I'm sniffing children. Yeah. Oh, man. New scandal in Raleigh, North Carolina, rocks the triangle. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, this, this, isn't, this isn't funny. 
Oh, good. The Daily Beat by uh, <laughs> Kyle Hatley. Don't laugh when I say this. Okay. Uh, the owner of Beat Amanda. Nick, I don't know if you're familiar with Beat Amanda. No. Brewery Bavana. Have you heard of this? Have you seen no. this? Have you heard this? No. Remember as a child when we used okay. to walk in first friday on the cobblestone streets yes yes that yes, area I remember that. Okay. there is a restaurant called okay uh initially it was Bita manda and it opened up in 2012 and i was actually working downtown raleigh at the time at the busy bee which is oh, like a yeah, block away right. and uh I remember seeing these two guys in, in beat up Manda shirts because it was uh, a hopscotch music festival was going on the first yeah. time. Okay. And uh, I don't know. We just, our group was talking to them some, I don't remember how that started, but we were like, uh, what's beat up Manda? And they're like, well, it's a new restaurant. We're about to open and it's a Laotian <laughs> restaurant. Laotian. Laotian. So the owner's from Laos. Oh, Lao, <clears throat> Laos. Okay, I got gotcha. you. And uh, I'd never had Laotian food, shockingly, at the time. And uh, yeah, as a cultured <laughs> white man, I'm <laughs> yeah, surprised. I uh, wasn't woke <laughs> enough to have that yet. And uh, I was just like, oh wow, that's kind of weird. Like, wonder if that's gonna last, you know? And cut mm-hmm. to now, you know, be. For the past, I don't know how many years, it's been written up as like top 10 best, you know, coolest restaurants to go to in the country. Like it's won a lot of really great awards and been written up numerous times in a lot of really well-respected food journals and whatnot. I can't wait to go there. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I've been a few times again. I got lie to you. I've been a few times, but um, <laughs> and it's not like break the bank expensive. It's just delicious food, and it's like if you want to get a table, you know, at a reasonable hour, you're gonna have to book well in advance. Um, okay. It just it just blew up because of all the publicity it got, and rightly right. so. It's an awesome space had a library in there they had a flower shop they had a brewery that they built which the beer was great and widely distributed in the triangle now and i'm sure outside of that recently things have come to light certain things have come to light with the owner and his main uh bar manager It, it would appear as though they have uh built and manipulated a culture of sexual harassment uh through both locations where many many people who work there and formerly worked there shared their stories about the things that they went through and uh yeah it was it's some of the stories are pretty crazy like news and observer and all the local magazines have you know of course wrote pieces on it um and I don't know. It just seems like a lot of people have come out saying, you know, it was just like swept under the rug. I reported this and no one looked at it and I got fired and they're trying to preserve this 
this bad environment and they'd been doing it for years and years. So the owner and the bar manager are no longer there, obviously. And um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's going to come back. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it. Well, I will not be going. <laughs> I know. I've changed. A lot my of mind. people are like, we will not be carrying their beer anymore, and it sucks because I don't think the beer side of the team had anything to do with it. I don't know, but their beer was really damn good, um, and it mm. just it sucks on a lot of levels because that place rocked. I mean, it was just a cool spot with great food and really put Raleigh on the map, you know, in a lot of ways on the food side yeah. of things, you know, on a national level. Well, I'll, uh, I'll have to look into how the owner is still affiliated or if he's not or whatever and see, see what the deal is. Yeah. I think he's just, he's just stepped off whatever owning team. I don't know. I it's, don't think he's sold any hmm. shares or any portion of it, but I think he's just kind of, well, if he hasn't sold anything, thing. I'm not going there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder if they'll ever, be able to bounce back no matter what you know right Um, yeah it's just wild i mean he (sighs) just as wild as it's just one thing after another really it's wild the owner of ruby deluxe i think got hit with uh tear gas or arrested did you hear about that as well no out just passing out uh granola bars and water to protesters and he was in his parking lot of his establishment and the cops were like get out of here and he's like no i pay for this and they're like boom wrong answer and it's kind of crazy to just see that kind of tie back into the police brutality but i mean it it has to stop and this is kind of it's overreaching i guess i don't know i'm just blown away that it's just we're talking about another business owner in raleigh in raleigh and downtown and but every, everywhere is still boarded up, you know, in the major parts of downtown Raleigh, I think. Well, I remember seeing them on fire, like when they lit yeah. the CVS on fire and then broke into that furniture store. That was nuts. Who in Raleigh? Yes. Oh, Raleigh? yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I did see pictures yeah. of that. That's right. Yeah. I forgot that was in Raleigh. Jeez. It, it was brutal. Like, I talked to one of my sheriff's deputy friends about what was going on, and he was like, it was violent and of course they don't show that on the tv like you're going to see that or hear about it secondhand but <laughs> he said that he like legitimately like brawled with people for the first time in his career and i'm like Ugh, that's probably not good that that was like the first legitimate fight you got in but <laughs> <laughs> no at the same time good. how violent was it so <clears throat> Nick, will you ban chokeholds in your household moving forward? <laughs> uh, that's been a long-standing policy here at the Verhoeven household. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you, yeah, if you ever come over, to please, <laughs> please be sure. That's one of this one is of on the, the table. one of the rules. This is on the table. You could get choked out only if you're selling Lucy cigarettes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. Another tragedy. What's gonna What's gonna make What's gonna turn twenty twenty around? What's gonna <laughs> nothing? Literally nothing. Uh, it's over. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Nick, if the Packers win, is that going to turn it around for you? No, no. no. Fuck the Packers. <laughs> Who cares? Like, I really don't care a lick about sports right now. I know. Uh, we've been we've been gone. They've been gone so long, and it's just like we forgot about them. <laughs> if the Packers won the Super Bowl, I I think I'd be very subdued. I just I don't think I'd care that much. You maybe high five someone or no? Oh, that's risky business. There, <laughs> could be an act of aggression. <laughs> are you, are you going to call the authorities on me? <laughs> well, there will be no cops. So think about that. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. There'll be no cops in the community of Wake Forest. Now, you're going back to Baltimore tomorrow. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. And, ha- and you've notified the mayor and the governor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming we, I'm assuming you've notified. <laughs> we we had a lengthy conversation. Uh, yes, so I feel you're lying. <laughs> you you ain't got no way to prove it. Well, I'll follow up. I'll just follow up. <laughs> I'll follow up. <laughs> yeah, just you know, the, I've, I've been just to Baltimore, the fact that they uh, know that you know you're in an area that's you know it's another spike on the way with covid and um, <laughs> right that you're coming because back you're coming back in with let's be honest a faulty mask the one you've been wearing for months you haven't washed <laughs> but if you've told them oh, that and they're fine with it that's fine i just want to make sure i'm just doing due diligence checks and balances baby <laughs> checks <laughs> oh man Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, I've been to Baltimore twice over this this pandemic. Um, wow. And it's it's pretty deserted, I will say. I mean, Maryland's been opening things up, but Baltimore has still been shut down completely. Hmm. So, yeah, I've seen, seen a lot of people out with their masks on. I mean, although I was out in Wake Forest today, and, uh, like, the majority, vast majority of people had no masks on. <laughs> It's over. <laughs> People are just Yeah, forgot. it's just over. <laughs> it's I, crazy. I think I've gone in two places in Wake Forest without a mask, like on two single instances. And, and it you was felt, like, damn it, felt, Benny. I know, and I felt terrible. You felt naked. I felt like I was going to lose it. I was, I was feeling really Paranoid. uneasy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I went into Las Margaritas to pick up a to-go order, like an in-and-out kind of scenario. Mm. Shout out Las Mas. Woo. Got margaritas to go. Whoa. Half gallon margaritas to go, <laughs> baby. Seventeen bucks hot, ready to go out the door. Probably Man. not even check your ID. Nick, before you go home, you gotta do that. Yep. Get one for the road. Get you a long straw. <laughs> get one for the road. I don't think I'm gonna have time. Come on. It's like a block and a half away. You can Still, walk there. Don't have the time. <laughs> I don't have the time. Make the time. <laughs> Plus, Betty, you just made Kyle very uncomfortable <laughs> telling people you've just been rampantly. What'd you say? Twenty places, two hundred places without a mask. That's what I heard. That's it what I put two. on Twitter. Besides my parents, this is the second non, like, other house that I don't own to be in. Does that make sense? Right. Like, I, I've only it's been like a human. He's come in contact with mostly. I mean, I've been working from home since March, so I haven't really left the house too much. Yeah. Yeah, that can that can take a psychological toll. 
Yeah. I, I haven't cracked yet. <laughs> but well, you, I haven't cracked yet. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I thought I was going to crack from having a newborn baby. That was pretty nuts. <laughs> not having any help. Like the crucial time where you need help, no help. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how me and Maribel made it. <laughs> yeah. She's got a very yeah. strong will. I'm sure that's It stressful. ain't over yet. He's still a baby. <laughs> He's still. <laughs> I don't know what you're implying. By that. I'm just implying. I'm just implying. It's not gonna get easier. It, it is actually. <laughs> he sleeps mostly through the night, and it's great. And then I woke up and I fed him, and we watched John Wick too. <laughs> wow. Do you like it? How 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 old TV. is he? He loves uh, Keanu. Most of the violent stuff. That's mm. why he comes. How old is and he? And how old is he? He's three months old as of this week. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He giggles, right. smiles. That's good signs. Him. Those are good signs I've <laughs> eats, heard. Freeze. He eats, often, <laughs> he eats, freeze. Poops, sleeps. And likes John Wick. Likes John Wick, stares at fans. Oh, well, that might be a little concerning. Yeah. You did that as a child. I think most guys <laughs> do that. Yeah. Well, so you feel like your life is very different now that you're you're actually a father? Because last time we asked you how you thought you were going to feel right. and how what you know the, the whole process. Correlate. Do you remember what we said? I do remember what you said. Uh, I don't. You were just asking me how <laughs> I felt about it, and honestly. It, I mean, it's the most rewarding thing. Like, you don't know what love is until you're like, whoa, that's my kid. Like, you're never going to know really? what it is. Wow. And it is this I, other thing that you just haven't touched in your soul. And not that I believe in souls, but <laughs> there's, a, there's a spot that gets hit and you don't expect it. And then it hits you and you're like, damn, I'm sold. Yeah. Does not matter. Doesn't matter if I'm cleaning up shit that's, that's been shit on me. That's why it's so wild to me that there's people that can abandon their kids. I think it's something that's happened long before that that has to do with them and maybe their folks. Yeah, it's true. some kind of personal damage that invokes that kind of fear. Yeah. I, I yeah, can never leave that's... this guy. I mean, Ezra's. <laughs> no. He's the no, coolest I thing to me. It. It's it's so nuts. Dude just laughs and looks at a fan, and you're like, that's amazing. My yeah. day's made. It doesn't matter what else happens. I could get fired today, and I saw that, and it does, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. 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 I'll admit that is an incredibly foreign feeling for me. I think but, it is for a lot of people. I mean, yeah. It's just something yeah. new that you're not expecting. So. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm glad you're getting to experience it. Thank you. And for a long time to come. It's going to be cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, when's number two on the way? <laughs> oh my gosh, Mervis already played that joke on people. Oh, that she's pregnant again? Yeah. She, is she, she half serious or no? No, she's not serious. She's totally just messing with people in really bad humor. But she's been like, so guess who's pregnant again? She says this to her close friends. The people that are so happy for her and have been there the whole time. 
<laughs> and do, you, like, do you play? Do you, you play along with already? it? What are the? What? You guys are both only children. Uh, she's not. No, I know uh, she's not. But he's talking, talking about, about you and yeah, yeah, you and Nick. What? I mean, what was that like, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to compare. <laughs> no, I know. I'm trying to find a way to like ask a question about it, but I really don't know what to say. Because so you can't compare say. it to really, because you don't know. Well, I see no, I'm glad I didn't have siblings. Whoa, hot take. Go ahead. Explain. <laughs> I, mean, I just, I, I don't know. People have always said, oh, I'm so glad I have a brother or sister or whatever. And I just, I've never in my life has that ever crossed across my, my mind where I've been like, wow, I wish I had these moments to share with someone else. I, I feel like I have enough friendships yeah. that... I get I get that sense of I don't know brotherly love or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And I like being alone. I very much enjoy being alone. Yeah. I completely understand the aloneness and getting on with being alone. Um, <laughs> you definitely find hobbies very easily that appeal to that as an only child. At the same time I do imaginary see imaginary friends. No sir. No sir. <laughs> I was able to entertain myself by myself. Okay. With myself. <laughs> um, Sex but, joke. But I do see Merva's rea- like actions with her s- siblings, and it's pretty amazing. Mm. Where I'm like, I don't have anything to compare that to. Yeah. Where it's like, I mean, most of her siblings live really close. All of her family's there. I mean. We get to see my niece and nephews grow up and interact with them and have this just different relationship than I've ever been able to experience. And, you know, these people have become my family, I mean, not just through marriage, but through interaction. And that's kind of a special thing. And I'm like, I don't have anything that feels like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just hear about their stories that are more than just like, oh man remember when we went to that party forever ago and we got really hammered and it was such a good time like you it's it's something more than that and especially with like all the stuff that her family has been through with you know being refugees and moving to the united states and overcoming that like you have this bond that is just i would say ironclad that you're never going to break through that is something i'm never gonna have i never could think about what that means and what that feels like yeah. Do you have that with your sister? It's developed more, you know, as we've gotten older, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, y'all had a little bit of age difference, yeah. so it definitely wasn't yeah. the same. Yeah. I mean, it's a lifelong, it's a genetic bond. That is, you know, it's like like being the only child. It's hard to describe to someone that wasn't, you know, or compare the two anymore. Well, we didn't have well come on. You've got a comparison, right? You were an only child for a number of years. Weren't you cognizant of it? of those years is... God, I, I don't even know what my first memory was, really. <laughs> I have a strong memory of uh, walking to the car to go to kindergarten. Um, and I had a, one of those big square lunch boxes. 
<laughs> some loud 90s style shirt on yeah that's uh, I think that's the earliest a man it. bicycling across it <laughs> and then another guy rollerblading <laughs> neon rollerblades you think more people would rollerblade if there wasn't like a connotation of like oh a gay guy's because <laughs> it looks fun I mean I'll be honest with you. It looks like it would be a good workout. And you gliding around. I don't know. It looks fun, but... It's like all hamstring and like... <laughs> well, we used to go to uh, Jelly Beans. Remember those days? Yeah. Oh, they were not good to me. Not good to go <laughs> on? I mean, I, I think I only went there maybe once or twice and <laughs> rented some ruffians. Oh, I and He was skating. Ruffians <laughs> at Jelly Beans. I don't remember the ruffians, but it might have been one of the many ruffians. He was skate. He was blading, um, and he wore the. He didn't wear the blades. He wore the skates. Did I wear skates? Uh -huh. I don't recall that. <laughs> with the stopper. Oh, I'd be front. there with you. I'd be <laughs> yeah, wearing skates too. Yeah, Nick did as well, <laughs> and Nick <laughs> would hang on the rail because. Oh no. <laughs> He didn't feel confident in his ability to skate. Um, <laughs> still don't. <laughs> he still doesn't. <laughs> but then he was, uh, he had on these large, loose cargo shorts, as, as you do during the early 2000s. Um, and he's skating by himself. I guess one of the group of ruffians blasted out. He had great form. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought, man, great form. <laughs> And I didn't know. That, I'm sure know, 12 year old <laughs> Kyle. 11. I didn't know that. He was, <laughs> I didn't know that he was going straight for him. And then I realized, oh, what is going? He's like, hey, I almost. <laughs> there's a lot of people. Everybody turned. He gets to him. Airplane lights come now. on. Pants him right in front of everybody. Really? I don't, I can't recall that at all, man. That's fucking terrible. Uh, that's enough. Like I'm sure that's why I don't remember it is because I'm black that out of my memory. I'm being so traumatized by something. You think Benny got laid that night? No. I was probably in seventh or eighth grade, so I hope not. At eleven years old. Man. Or twelve, I guess. Yeah. Uh, That's terrible. Uh, I just remember you get laid there. I that thought you were night. talking about that. <laughs> it's what we do here at the Homespun Yak. Digging up dirt. Where'd you find that? <laughs> that was Kyle's second memory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating, okay? Man, that's terrible. Well, what were you referring to, or is the memory too dark to bring up? I think I just got in a scuffle there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't recall getting pants there. <laughs> I remember yeah. getting in a scuffle. You did. Oh. Gosh, that's terrible. I feel shame now. Like, I'm <laughs> refeeling the shame. This is, I, I never wish I would have came here. Everybody laughed. You know, everybody <laughs> laughed. <laughs> everybody laughed you when we were all sweating. Joy to, to the place. I think that boy got a talking to, and we all moved Maybe. on years later, of course. <laughs> I'm still damaged. Wildly embarrassed to be around you, but 
all two million people that are going to hear this podcast are going to know that I got pants. Well, Hopefully, I wasn't wearing tidy whities You were. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I didn't wear tidy whities That's a lie. That was a litmus. That's where my memory. That was a litmus test. That's where my memory deceives me. Okay. That's the only place. The color of my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 50 of the Homespun Yak. Damn, almost a year. Actually, I was looking at this earlier, and I was going to ask Kyle about this, but uh, we started in August, and we're on episode 50, which doesn't (laughs) doesn't at all add up, because currently it's it's June, and uh, we only have technically two weeks left until the year year mark. (laughs) We might have done a couple... That's possible. Yeah, I know we had one bonus, at least one bonus episode. I I was also looking back if we had (laughs) missed a single week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, that's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think we've missed a week, have we, Kyle? No, you've only yeah. had like two late deliveries. <laughs> That's true. Look, it comes well, through I, on my I, phone. I, I know when you guys I post. Know. I get texts about it too. We were we were originally posting on Mondays at four p.m., but after a while, we realized that our schedules weren't gonna gonna permit that every single week. I got hooked week. on that though. Right. That was my yeah. ride home on Mondays. Well, that's when we did it, but now people aren't riding home as much. Dude, yes, I'm. I I'm going with Kyle's official stance on this. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we did. Benny, we apologize for any inconvenience that we may have you know caused how sad you. It is after a long day of work to be like, all right, I'm gonna listen to Kyle and Nick on the way home. Oh, uh, doesn't happen. I have to listen to Joe Rogan. God, this is terrible. Who just had Bill Burr on the podcast? Which that always gets me excited. Yeah. Big fan of Bill. Yeah. I like They talked about the Antifa situation a little bit. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised he would have he probably mentioned uh Shaz. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know if I don't don't think he referred it to as Shaz. I I still don't understand what Shaz mm. is, but it's Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Oh yeah, okay, I gotcha. <laughs> no longer in the United States. It's, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> well, at any rate, I think I'm gonna get into the sauna and, uh, you know. To get my massage and do all that stuff, you know, true Joe Rogan style before I go to jiu-jitsu nice. and then do my Muay Thai class. Shoot a hundred bows. Yeah, just shoot a hundred bows <laughs> and uh, obviously sure smoke a little weed. Yeah, and uh, do hot yoga. And do hot yoga, yep. Well, we're going to do the same. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast, Benny. We, uh, I, I appreciate you having you on, and it was a joy getting your perspective on things. Yes, I agree. 
It was definitely my pleasure, fellows. <laughs> Fellow citizens. <laughs> For the time being. Are you until we end up in different communities. <laughs> yeah, y'all are great. Thanks. Well, till next time. Recording. Goodbye. <laughs>